Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Good morning, church, and what a joy to be in the house of the Lord as we welcome brothers and sisters in the East Centre, in Bukit Panjang Centre, and even those of you here this morning at Woodlands Centre. You know, with the strength of worship and prayer we've just experienced across our three centres this morning, let's now turn our attention and our hearts to the very last segment of the book of First Thessalonians. As you turn your Bible in whatever form it may be to First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 to 28. So turn your Bibles with me to First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 to 28. Reading from the English Standard Version. And now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Let's bow heads in prayer together. O Lord, show me yourself within your holy word. Show me myself and show me my Saviour and make this book alive to me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How would you end your text, your email or even your letter to someone that is very dear to you by wishing perhaps the person well, that you stay COVID-free, by reminding them of your love for them, or by bidding them Godspeed, God be with you, or by blessing them, may God bless and keep you, or by praying for them. This is exactly how the Apostle Paul ended the book of 1 Thessalonians, by blessing and praying for the church at Thessalonica. He started them on the journey on how God has called them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that He has chosen you, that He has called you. And then he ends the entire book by pointing them back to the same God who has called them in the journey. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, He who calls you is faithful. And thus the title of this morning's sermon, The God Who Calls You. A quick overview of the book of 1 Thessalonians brings us to our readiness to meet King Jesus. And our readiness to meet our Lord King Jesus is seen in at least in our readiness to suffer for the Lord from chapter 1 to chapter 3. Secondly, it is seen in our readiness to please the Lord in chapter 4, verse 1 to 12. And finally, in our readiness to live with the Lord. From chapter 4, verse 13, all the way to the end of chapter 5. My friends, as we go through this discipleship journey, 
as Pastor Matt reminds us, we are all in the journey. Not just to rejoice and to discern, but in this discipleship journey, there are two important and unchanging attributes of our God who calls us that we must hold on to in whatever times we go through, in whatever seasons we may be going through in our discipleship journey. And the two attributes of God is God has our life sanctifier and God has our promise keeper. Let's turn to the first attribute of God as seen in verse 23. God has our life sanctifier. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul often speaks of God as the God of peace. At the end of most of his letters, such as Romans, 2 Corinthians, Philippians, here in 1 Thessalonians, and then we will see in subsequent Sundays, even in 2 Thessalonians. To describe God as the God of peace is to acknowledge that God is the source of all our well-being, that God is the source of our wholeness in Him. And this originates from the Hebrew word shalom. The God of peace Himself is seen proactively and personally at work in our salvation. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 tells us this, And God Himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not only for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. But this same God of peace Himself is also at work, not just in our salvation, but also in our sanctification, as seen here in verse 23 here. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you. One of God's great and unchanging covenantal name is the word Jehovah mm, Makadesh, which simply means I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Taken from Leviticus chapter 22, verse 32. The verb sanctify in the Greek, hagizo, simply means to consecrate ourselves, to make ourselves clean, to purify, to make holy, sacred, to be set apart or to be separate from sin. Now, sanctification is not the same as perfection, as none of us will ever be perfect. But sanctification is an ongoing process. Even to the very last day of our time here on earth until the Lord takes us home. It, but it is an ongoing process. Sanctification is not a result of our action, what we, we, we must do and can do. But sanctification is the very work of God Himself in our lives. Holiness tends to be seen as a very dull, boring, holy Joe, rigid and judgmental. But the Bible tells us here, holiness is about belonging to a holy God, more holy. It is about finding our true sense in Him, becoming more holy, truly flourishing, where we are specially reserved for God, set apart for the Lord and His ways. There is a specialness in being set apart, in being holy. Because holiness leads to wholeness, being complete in Him. 
And then the word of God says in verse 23 here, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, body, and soul be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Greek word for completely or entirely in the New American Standard Version Bible is the word holoteles, which literally means whole to the very end, to be made complete to the end, all the way through and through, going deep into every part, every domain and aspect of our life, from our thought life, our emotions, our relationships, and even our bodies. In the discipleship journey, money, sex, and power are no trophy victories in our lives. Overcoming them today does not guarantee another victory tomorrow. And often we find ourselves falling, failing miserably at trying to rid ourselves of sin in our life. But thanks be to God, it says here, the God, the life sanctifies, able to sanctify us completely. The phrase here, spirit, soul, and body, might be seen to presuppose a tripartite view of our human nature. However, scholars believe this is not found elsewhere in Paul's writing, nor in the rest of the New Testament. Wana Maker, in his commentary on this Greek text, has this to say, Paul's intention was not to offer an anthropological definition. Rather, he sought to emphasize his desire that God would preserve his readers as complete human beings, blameless in the impending judgment of the day of the Lord of Perusia. The word blameless or without fault at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is also found in the tombstone of Christians that were dug up in archaeological excavations in Thessalonica. So to identify themselves as disciples of Jesus Christ, they will put the word blameless in their tombstone. That's a good word to think about for your future appetite. And then we know you are covenantal. To understand what Paul is saying here, it might be helpful to understand the three aspects of sanctification mentioned in the Bible. Past, future, and present. The past refers to our positional sanctification. At the point of our salvation, we could see ourselves as being positionally sanctified, where we are set apart, sanctified from Satan unto God, from darkness unto light, from death unto life, from hell unto heaven, from the dominion and destruction of sin to the dominion and the glory of God, and we are sanctified and declared holy and sanctified. That's our past, our positional sanctification. The Bible also speaks of our ultimate sanctification, which is the future the moment your body and I, the moment we are transferred out of this world to meet our Lord King Jesus, the Bible says we lose our fallen humanness. This mortal body puts on the immortality, 
This corruptible puts on the incorruptible. In a way, this can be seen as our ultimate total sanctification. And then there is a third kind, third aspect of sanctification, what scholars will call it the experiential sanctification, which is the present, the now, and here. It is the present aspect of sanctification that the Apostle Paul is concerned about here in this text, the here and the now. It is not about the sanctification that is past, nor the future sanctification which will be at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. As disciples of Christ, we are all in this journey of living out to what we are positionally in the past and growing and maturing to become what we will be ultimately. And so Paul's prayer for the church at Thessalonica and for us as God, you are our life sanctifier. Purify them, preserve them, protect them, keep them sanctified, keep them moving on in the journey of sanctification and holiness until finally Jesus comes and they will receive their ultimate sanctification. This is so much needed in the times where the church at Thessalonica were because they were living in a sex-bombarded environment. Perhaps not very different from the times in which we are living in today. During a school orientation, the house master was speaking to the new boarding students in the school orientation. And she said, boys are not allowed into the girls' dorm. And girls, you are not allowed into the boys' dorm. Those caught in the dorm of the opposite sex will be fined $100 for the first time. And those caught for the second time will be fined $250. A young man raised up his hands and he asked, how much for a season pass? Some of us, if we're not careful, we're living our lives thinking we have a season pass on earth to sin and to live our lives any way how we want. Some of us may even be, ob be objecting to the word of God that we're hearing today. God, that's too high a standard to follow and to measure up. Who can be sanctified? Who can be blameless for a day, let alone to be kept blameless until the day we meet King Jesus. Brothers and sisters, following Jesus is a lifelong journey. It is a long-haul discipleship journey, a long obedience in the same direction. The God who calls us today will continue to break us. The God who calls us will continue to purge us. The God who calls us will continue to purify us. The God who calls us will continue to change us. The God who calls us today will continue to grow us. The God who calls us will continue to equip us. The God who calls us will continue to transform us so that He might always and continue to sanctify us, make us holy and sacred. And the purpose of this sanctification is that you and I might embody the power of the gospel to all those around us in our homes, in our marketplace, in our society here in Singapore. 
Covenant EFC is all about authentic discipleship and intentional disciple-making. And authentic discipleship always shows in the sanctification of our lives. And as we are sanctified, it empowers us, it strengthens us in our intentional disciple-making, and it sends us out to disciple the generation, to disciple the nation Singapore, and to disciple the nations. Less in public, we sing, we clap, we shout, we pray for revival, and we say, Lord, have your way in me. But in private, we sin, we snapped, we swear, we savor pawned like worldly people without a conscience. Is that you and me today? Today, would you come to God? Would you turn to God? Would you run to God as our life sanctifier for His forgiveness and His daily grace and mercy? to sanctify us to be His people. Let us consider a list of eight aspects of our lives as we apply this principle into our lives this morning and invite God to search our hearts and sanctify us. Double-mindedness in not keeping the first commandment in our lives by loving God with all our hearts, soul, mind and strength. And today we pledge our total allegiance to God. Would it be arrogance in our life for relying on ourselves more than on God and quenching His Holy Spirit with our rebellion and stubbornness? Today, let's surrender our lives and our future to Him. Would it be ingratitude when we have succumbed to murmurings and complaining and grumbling. And when we held our thanksgiving and our praise to God, we have denied our parents and our government the honour they rightly deserve. And we ask the Lord to fill our hearts with gratitude. Or would it be greed in our hearts, for we have fallen for worldly treasures, we fear the lack of it and we are weighed down by the burden of keeping up with it. And we pray, Lord, set our hearts on things eternal and not on things on earth. Grant us godly contentment, a spirit of generosity to give cheerfully even in our lack. Fifthly, would it be prejudice? where we look down on others of a different history, culture, and economic standing, and not given equal respect to all. And we pray, Lord, help us to do to others what we would have them to do to us. Or would it be injustice, where we have exploited the weak, the vulnerable, instead of empowering them, we have manipulated people instead of ministering to people. We have acted unjustly towards foreign workers and domestic helpers. And we pray, Lord, fear us with God's compassion to seek the welfare of others, especially the least among us. Would it be carnality where we have played the games of the godless with our insensitivity? 
and our impatience, with our jesting and our jealousy, with our competition and cheating, with our strife and slander. Oh, how we have tarnished His worthiness and we have tainted our very Christian witness. And we pray, Lord, unite our hearts this day to fear your holy name. Or would it be finally immorality where we have yielded to lust, shameless garbage, fearing neither God nor the consequences of our sinful choices. We've opened the door for evil to trap us, to ruin our lives, to wreck our families, to shatter our values, and to undermine our morals. What is one expect that God is sanctifying in your life today? And we pray, Lord, sanctify us, cleanse us, create in us a pure heart, renew our steadfast spirit within us so that we might honour you by living holy lives. Two unchanging attributes of the God who calls us in our discipleship journey that we must hold on to. The first is God has our life sanctifier. And the second attribute is seen here in verses 24 to 28. God has our promise keeper. Verse 24 says, He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Paul closes the entire letter to the Thessalonical church by charging the people to love each other, to greet each other, and to read this letter out loud to one another. But he focuses the Christians back again to the God who calls them to a holy life. The Thessalonians like us are fully aware of our own human fallenness and limitations and wonder how on earth can we be ever be kept blameless until the coming of Christ. And Paul reassures them, Paul comforts them that the God who calls them is faithful and He will surely do it. The question many of us are thinking right now is, Pastor, how does God, being a faithful promise keeper, help me? to walk in complete sanctification. It's important to note that the word call here in verse 24 in the Greek, it's found in the present participle, meaning God does not merely call us once and for all and then leave us in the lurch on our own. No, the Bible says the same God who calls us to salvation is the same God who calls us to sanctification. In other words, God will never reject any one of us or withdraw His call upon our lives. But He comes into our life daily to completely sanctify us, to enable us to be preserved blamelessly at the coming of Christ. In other words, the God who calls us is a faithful promise keeper. What He promised, He will keep. And he would do it. His faithfulness is impeccable. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 3 says, God is faithful by whom you were called 
into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Philippians 1 verse 6, And I'm sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So God who calls us to salvation is the same faithful God committed to our sanctification. The commentator Leon Morris puts it this way, It is profoundly satisfying to the believer that in a last resort, what matters most is not his feeble hold on God, but rather God's strong grip on him. In other words, God's faithfulness to us far outweighs our faithfulness to Him. From verses 25 to 28, Paul requests the church to pray for him. Because Paul recognized even his own faithfulness to the ministry and to the gospel is important, but never adequate. And the critical element necessary is prayer. Because prayer appeals to the faithfulness of God to release the power of God through the Scripture and Spirit to work in and through our lives and ministry. Last week, I was coming out of my car in a multi-story car park when I heard a voice calling me, Pastor Tony, and it's not God who calls me. I went towards their voice and said, yes, I'm Pastor Tony. You are. And this man introduced himself to me as someone who attended church many years ago, maybe more than 30 years ago in my previous church. Married in a church, had kids, and now he say his life is in a big mess. His wife left him. His kids despise him. And now he's staying all alone by himself. And as he was relating to me his story, what has happened perhaps in more than 30 years of his lifetime, the Spirit of God nudged me to say this to this brother. Brother, thank you for sharing this. The Lord has this to say to you. Son, I still loved you. Your life might be in a big mess, but I can turn your mess into a message. You might have failed me or fallen, but I will pick you up. Your loved ones might have abandoned you, but I will never leave you nor forsake you. Your future may look bleak and dark, but I will give you a hope and a future that will never harm you. Don't you ever give up on God. Because I, your God, I, your faithful God, has never given up on you. And then I just paused and prayed for this brother. Tears rolled down his eyes and he said, Thank you. It's so good to see you, Pastor Tony, after more than 30 years. And here is a brother who does not look at his current circumstances, but to Christ who is above his every circumstance, 
towards a confident and promised future because God, the faithful promise keeper, will be faithfully sanctifying those whom He has called. Some of you today, as you hear God's word in East Center, in Bukit Panjang, even here in Woodland Center, may be struggling in your heart, in your life with this pursuit of holiness, in this journey with God that He has called you. You may find yourself failing and falling and even disappointing God in your life. Some of us may be struggling even with a guilty conscience. You are overburdened and feeling like you never measure up to it. Today the Lord comes in His grace and in His mercy and His faithfulness and He promises grace for you that you might hold fast to His assurance to you that it is Him alone who will faithfully sanctify you, who will fulfill all that He has for your purpose in your life. It may not always be in our time and in our ways, but we can be truly and fully assured and trust that God will fulfill all that He purposed. Allow me to share the story of Jonathan Goh, an ACGL at the East Centre. And I share this with his permission. And I quote, He said, As we prayed about the seed fund journey in 2018, we were led to give an amount that was very large for us. Though it wasn't emptying our bank account, it left us with very little savings. I was a sole breadwinner in my family and not earning very much. My monthly salary wasn't even enough to cover my family monthly expenses. We decided to terminate some insurance policies so that we can have a bit more savings. I initially thought that if God ever required of us to give to the seed fund, I would give the amount that is saved for the building fund. However, God impressed on my heart to give even a bigger amount. And my wife and I decided to obey the Lord. Though we were living from month to month, God has blessed us even much more. We no longer have to buy clothes and toys for our kids. We were blessed with so many hand-me-down toys and clothes from our friends and neighbours that we don't even have enough space at home to keep them. We even had to gently and graciously decline some of the blessings that came our way. Praise God, I just received my bonus letter. We now have some savings to tie us through another year. Since then, God has blessed us even more and we are not too financially constrained. I am grateful to how faithful God is to our lives and our family. It was a one and a half year's journey from praying about the seed fund, from giving to the seed fund, and then to see God sustain us through the seed fund, and then blessing us. And now we are praying for yet another new amount to give to the seed fund journey for the sake of His kingdom as we prepare to meet King Jesus.
unquote. Brothers and sisters, I trust this story. I trust we know the lesson in this story is not to give what we do not have or to give recklessly or irresponsibly. But rather, it is to do as the Lord directs our heart. It's to give as the Lord is leading us because faithful is God who calls us and He shall bring it to pass. As we go through our very short journey, in this discipleship journey on earth, hold fast to these two unchanging attributes of God. God has our life sanctifier and God has our faithful promise keeper. Because it will help us as we press on to the very end in our discipleship journey on earth. In my short journey on earth, there were several low points in my life. The first was when I lost my earthly father at the age of six years old. And life became completely meaningless and aimless. There was no future. There was no hope for me. And even after I became a Christian at the age of nine, I was frightened, anxious, helpless, in search for my identity, in search for my security and my destiny in life. There was a time in my life I failed my exams in school. While serving the Lord faithfully and zealously in my church youth fellowship days, I had nowhere to hide my face. And I thought I was a failure. My life was uncertain. My future bleak, the way unknown. And trying to look for love in all the wrong places and in all the wrong persons. And then my life took a 180 degrees turn when God touched my life. And He began to put His finger in my empty soul. And for the first time, I realized there was a God who loved and cared for me. There was a God who loved me so much, He will even send His Son, Jesus, to die for my sins in spite of my own pride and spiritual rebellion. I was completely stunned and surprised. Why would someone who did not know me would even die for me? Why would someone who did not even know me pay the price and the penalty for my sin in which I rightly deserve? Faithful is He who calls you and He will surely do it. At 1 Thessalonians 5.24 was the verse that became a turning point in my life and impacted my life as I gave my life to Him and it became my life verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 24. When I surrendered my life to serve God in full-time Christian ministry 36 years ago, I had nothing with me and I was a nobody. I had no clue of the future and the way ahead of me. But 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, He who calls you is faithful and He will surely do it, became my compass for serving the Lord and His church. When I met May in our courtship days for more than 32 years ago, 1 Thessalonians 5, 24 became our assurance for our future and our family. 
It even became our wedding verse for our holy matrimony service. When the Lord blessed us with two sons, Timothy and Noah, I had never been fathered before and had the faintest idea of what it means to be a father to my two boys. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 became the your family's verse for our parenting journey. He who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it. 11 years ago, when I answered God's call to serve as a senior pastor of Covenant EFC together with SPKK, I asked the Lord, why me, Lord, again? And 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, He who calls you is faithful and he will bring it to pass became my same anchor verse that assures me through all the challenges I will face, through all the woes of ministry, through all the problems in the church, the God who calls us will lead us to repent again and again. The Lord who calls us as life sanctifier will lead us to repent and again. And the Lord who calls us as the faithful promise keeper will lead us to trust Him again and again. He who calls you is faithful and He will surely do it. Let's bow our heads in prayer as we unite our hearts to turn to Him. As you bow your heads in East Centre, in Bukit Panjang Centre and here at Woodland Centre today, my friends, God's Word reminds us He was the first person who took the first step towards us. He was the one who made the first initiative to come into your life when you had nothing, when you were nobody. And He walked into our life through the cross of Jesus, the power of the Spirit revealing Himself to us who made us holy. And through His great faithfulness and promise, keep us true and faithful and holy to Himself today. There are two groups of people I want to address this morning as we now respond to His Holy Word today. If you are here on site today at Bukit Panjang, at East and Woodlands, and you never had the privilege of calling Jesus as Lord and Saviour of your life ever. Today, God says you can do so today. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. That's the first step to sanctification. And if that's your heart's desire today, would you join me now in prayer as I invite the whole church at East Center, at Bukit Panjang, and even here at Woodlands to join me to pray aloud this prayer together and to join those who are praying this for the first time. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, let's pray this aloud together. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross. To rescue me from my sin 
and death and to restore me to God. I choose now today to turn from my sin, my pride and my rebellion that does not please you. Today I choose you as my Saviour and Lord. I give myself to you to sanctify me in Jesus' name. If you have prayed that silent prayer, if you have prayed this prayer aloud together, whether you are Bukit Panjang or East or here in Woodlands today, would you raise your hands or even come forward to the front at the end of the service so that we can connect with you and pray with you and journey with you after today's service. But there's a second group of people I want to address this morning. And that is the majority of us who are Christians. And today as you hear God's word, you say, Pastor, I want to answer the call of God for my life today. I want to answer the God who calls me to be holy. Because holiness leads to wholeness. Holiness leads to wellness. And you know, apart from God, you can never be sanctified. And it's not about your feeble hold on God that matters, but God's strong grip on you to sanctify you that will help you in this discipleship journey. And today you say you want this God who calls you to sanctify you through His Word and Spirit, not partially but completely, your thought life, your relationship, your emotions and your bodies. And for this Holy Spirit today to fill you, to cleanse you, to make you whole again, and to clean you and wipe away all your sin and shame. And that's you and your desire to, to want to be holy, to be set apart, because the Word of God says, Be holy, for I am holy. Be perfect, for I am perfect, says the Father God. If that's your desire, would you put your hands to your heart right now? Just between you and God, put your hand to your heart right now. And say, Lord, it's me. Not my brother, not my sister. But it's me, O oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Who desperately need to be sanctified. To be consecrated. To be set apart. To be made holy and sacred. God, you are here this morning. You are stirring the hearts of your people in this church. You are moving in our midst. You are touching our hearts in a very special way. You are healing our hearts in a supernatural way. Lord, come into our hearts as our faithful promise keeper, as our life sanctifier, as our way maker, because He who calls us is faithful and he will surely do it we give you thanks we pray all this in jesus name amen and respond with this song you are here you are here moving in 
spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.